A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. It's time for the Money Night Podcast with certified financial planner, Wade Chessman. Welcome everyone to the Money Night Podcast. I'm Wade Chessman, president of Chessman Wealth Strategies. So great to have you here with us today. As you know, we've been doing some new things on the podcast. We've been doing some focus on business owners and that's what we're gonna do today. So my co-host is not with us today, but I'm really excited to welcome to the podcast, Ron Carson. He's founder and CEO of the Carson Group. Welcome, Ron. Wade, thanks for having me, man. Oh, it's great. It's great to be here. Let me tell you a little bit about Ron. I could go on and on about it, but he's, as I said, founder and CEO of the Carson Group, which serves financial advisors and investors through its businesses. So we got Carson Wealth, Carson Coaching, Carson Partners. I'm going to talk a little bit about those. Carson Wealth was founded in 1983. It's become one of the largest wealth management firms in the country. He's continually ranked among the top advisors by Barron's Magazine. And he was only one of two independent advisors inducted into the Barron's inaugural Hall of Fame. So as I said, I could go on and on. I do want to mention one thing that I really am impressed by is Ron's involvement in the community. He and his wife founded the Dreamweaver Foundation, which is a nonprofit dedicated to fulfilling end-of-life dreams for seniors with terminal illnesses. And I just think that's so awesome. Um, so you, Ron and I actually go way back. And I think I've told you this story before, Ron, but when I first got out of school, I went to a conference and L- it was an LPL conference and I heard you speak and really impressed. And I thought, man, here's a guy that seems to know what's going on. He seems to understand the business and he seems to look forward, you know, two steps ahead. What's happening in our industry? What's happening in the world? What do we need to do? And then circle, you know, fast forward five years, I started Chessman Wealth. And one of the very first things I did when I started it was joined what was then called Peak, which is now Carson Coaching. So Ron and I go way back and then you circle forward a few more years. Now we're part of the Carson Partners Program. And I'll let, we'll talk more about that in a little while, but I've just, I've known Ron for a long time. And so I'm really excited to have him on the podcast today. Again, well, I could go on and on, but I'd love to hear from you, Ron. Tell us about your story, because I, I think it's fascinating. It'll be fascinating to business owners and non-business owners, but how did you get your start? I know a lot about it, but I know our listeners would like to know. Yeah, well, wait, it's a privilege to be here. And you know, you talk about you and I going back a long time. We have a common bond and that we're real advocates for our clients, right. which is so different than most financial services. It's like, you know, how can we make more without them knowing kind of mm-hmm. mentality? And we're all about total transparency and exceeding value. And it's just, it's really an honor to be with someone like you because you, you have those same values and beliefs that, that we do. My story is I grew up a farm kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I married my high school sweetheart. She was a farm girl. Mm-hmm. We've been together since we were 17. And we're not 17 anymore. <laughs> so, we have uh, three beautiful kids that live close by, two grandsons. And, uh, and by the way, those are listening, you know, that are part of the grandparents club, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, wow. If you're not there, I got to tell you, you got one of the most beautiful, incredible things awaiting you uh, in the future. But, you know, Jeannie and I grew up uh, really just working all the time. And I think she thought I was going to be a farmer. I thought I was going to be a farmer. Uh, and then my parents went broke, you know, farming. And 
for those that are listening, they'll remember 1982, interest rates hit. 21.5% was the prime interest rate. Mm. It's just hard to imagine today, Wade, with rates you yeah, know, at zero, basically, that, that that was actually you know happening. And they had borrowed, they were highly leveraged. And um, I know that the common belief out there is that farmers get all this money from government programs, and they do get subsidies. And I'll tell you, I've never met a farmer who doesn't w- wish that the government was a heck out of their business because with those, they force you to be in the programs, all these right. different programs they have so they can control you. And, uh, but anyways, it wasn't enough to help parents went broke. And my dad said, Ronnie, you need to find something else to do. And I literally started, I had had a little, I was an entrepreneur. I had a, I had a little popcorn business. I had a little fire. I imported fireworks from China. Oh, in great. those days, you could, <laughs> You could actually order them. They'd send them right to the U.S. Post Office. I made a catalog. I take them to school and sell them. I mean, how, gosh, you know, if that were to happen today, I'd probably be, you know, deported or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even know I was doing anything that was even because Nebraska's were legal or le- fireworks were legal in Nebraska time. But I had a lot of different things I did. I made a little money. I invested in the market and, uh, and I just got the bug. I thought, well, if I can't farm, then I'd like to do this. And this all started in 1983 out of my college dorm room um, at 11 Able, which was the dorm room I was in. Um, and I, by the way, I, there was a story done about me a couple of years ago and, and uh, they wanted a picture of that dorm room. So they went over and took a picture of the university did. <laughs> and it looks exactly like it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they've, they've cleaned it since I left. No, it was, uh, it, it looked exactly the same. And, and I just, I had this insatiable appetite, Wade, for, I loved people. And I love farmers. You know, I could, I, I realized that most farmers had really done no planning, didn't even know what they didn't know. They knew weather, they knew equipment, they knew all of that, but they really, and you know, my parents have been a good example. Had they had a financial advisor, which they didn't, that said, you know, you shouldn't have this much leverage, you should diversify, you should do some other things. They had them had a much higher quality of life and they wouldn't have gone through the pain. I will admit I'm thankful they didn't have a financial advisor because if they would have, I never would have ended up in the business I'm in. And I wouldn't right. be partners with you today. And we're doing a lot of great work you know, around that. But it was, it's been so much fun being a business owner um, and helping people. And we're barely getting started with, with technology and the things being developed right now are going to allow us to do things for clients that clients never thought possible. Mm. And uh, we're on the, we're on the eve of that, you know, as we speak. Okay. Awesome. Well, so that, that, you know, as we talked about, you really have started multiple companies. I mean, you just mentioned one, you started out of your dorm and I would say a lot of companies are started out of necessity, not out of, uh, the good times, right? You know, right. You, you, you did something that you saw a need for, but then you've also started, as I mentioned, I was part of this group called Peak, which is now Carson Coaching. You've started Carson Partners. I think it's, you know, one thing to start one company, but really three. Tell me a little bit about what led to the coaching decision and then now this Carson Partners. And then, you know, by the way, what, is, what the heck is Carson Partners? Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I know what good. it is. Obviously. Yeah, well, <laughs> and I tell my business owner clients and really individuals all the time, it's like focus on a few things. You know, if you work on your weaknesses, someday you have a lot of strong weaknesses. Pick up one or two things you're really good at that you love to do, right? There's no reason why you shouldn't love every minute 
pretty much every minute of your day and, and focus on that. And so because of my success in the 80s, I had had people say, Ron, can I come out to Omaha and spend a day with you to see what, how you're building this business? And I was so honored that someone would want to take their time, fly to Omaha. I mean, I just love showing what I was doing. And, and I love- Especially to fly to Omaha. Right. Well, and today <laughs> it's like, it's going to be minus 14 to 19. That's mm. temp. Forget the wind chill, right? Yeah. So- yeah. And I'd have people come here in the wintertime and they're like, how do you live here? <laughs> anyway. And I was, I was just love the teaching, but as word got out, more and more people wanted to come to Omaha and it went from being fun to being a job. I wasn't really set up to do it. And I thought, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I should make a business out of it and really help people. And that's where at the time Pete got started in 1993, it was 10 years later. And then 01, um, we really revamped the whole thing to actually do coaching before it was more just writing books and doing public speaking. Right. And as I built this community of, of advisors, and to this day, we have 20 some thousand alumni that are in program or been part of it or a combination of there's different ways you can be involved with, with, with us. We had partners come to us and say, I get all this stuff you're asking me to do. I don't have any bandwidth to actually go do it. And that's where partners came about way right. it is. I, was, I realized how hard most advisors work, but they have no quality of life. They're up mm -hmm. early, go to bed late. A lot of times their family comes last, not, you know, and mine did for a long time because I, I wanted to serve people. And I thought, what if I could create this environment where I could hire the best subject matter experts in the world? Mm -hmm. I could attract people wanting to be a part of it because it was so different than what Wall Street stood for. I can attract really good, we call them internal stakeholders, not employees or staff, internal stakeholders to come. And we overlaid that with the best technology we could find that integrated with each other. How powerful would that be? And always looking, you said it on your opening comments, looking to the future, right? How uh, people ask me all the time, what keeps you up at night? Absolutely nothing. Because one of our core values is AQ, adaptability. And I believe change is, you know, we saw last year with COVID, we're going to have a lot more of that kind of stuff. I don't mean necessarily a virus, but right, things but, that shock mm -hmm. us that, that happen that we have to adapt to. And the future is for those that are adaptable. Um, and there's unprecedented opportunity for those that are, that are adaptable. But most business owners are working so hard just trying to deliver the original promise. They don't have time to be thinking about a year from now and 18 months from now. And the value proposition we have today as partners, Wade, that was baked 18 to 24 months ago, right? right? So the lead time on this stuff of figuring out and how's it work and how's it going to add value, most people don't have the, the energy or, or the desire to go through that. Okay. And so the, tell us a little bit about the history of Carson Partners, because I think it makes sense, you know, your financial planning practice, the coaching practice, but I want to go a little bit more into the Carson Partners exactly, you know, Maybe tell us a little bit more about exactly what it means. Because, you know, yeah, I'll, my clients will say, even some of my clients today don't really understand the whole relationship and what it means. Uh, I'd like to educate people a little bit more on that. Let's dive in. So when we, when we originally started Carson Partners, I mean, at the time, you know, I was a $3 billion firm and I didn't have enough resources to do the things I wanted to do. And today... We're roughly a sixth, we're just right at $16 billion firm. And now we have the resources to reinvest 
back in technologies. And as a partner, as, as Wade, you've got a choice of being part of it. You were invited. You did a lot of due diligence on right. us. We I'm, slow, I'm of, unlike you. I'm dude, slow. Yeah. Well, no, it's good. I mean, because we want it to be the last move you ever make. Right. Right. And so we, we did a lot of due diligence on you. Um, and so we, we take one of eight people that apply. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very proud of that. I mean, we've been super picky about the quality of, of the person that we've surrounded ourselves with. And if you were to die, become disabled, something were to happen, there would be zero interruption to your clients. Right. If you at some point want a succession plan, we can be that, but there's no requirement to. Right. That's the other thing I wanted for my partners is complete flexibility to be part of something without having to sell or give up control of their, of their business. And that wanted to be part of the law of abundance where we all continuously said, how do we, how do we deliver um, a better experience, more value to their clients that it's on our mind every day. So when we get together as partners and we get feedback, our value proposition, will, we will have six months from now be far superior than the one we have today. And we should be able to say that every six months for the rest of our lives, right? Because we have this commitment of our group for continuous improvement. And with that partnership, you have the resources of 250 some stakeholders, you know, in Omaha, Nebraska and around the country. You have 140 partner offices, people that like you, that really care mm-hmm. about helping, helping you grow. And then we have great partners like Schwab, TD, Fidelity that are our custodians, you know, and be able to provide and safeguard our clients' assets. We don't actually take control of the assets, right? It's, they're actually held directly at a, at a custodian. Um, and so it takes a lot of people, you know, to come together to allow this to happen. But we have, you know, we've been, um, this year is the fourth year We've been on the Inc. 5000 list. 1% of all companies have ever have, have, have done that. Last year, when we were the third time, it was, I think, just over 3% had done that before. And I guess I share that because it's a testament to the kind of traction we're getting with, with consumers and with advisors and the kind of difference they make. You know, things like taking you know, tax software, you know, holistic plan, which is fairly new for our clients. So we can look at tax, taxes 24 hours a day, 365 right. days a year. We're going to be roll out. Uh, it's been a, been slow coming because of all the different state requirements, but legal doc portal mm-hmm. where we can, you know, have legal docs and we have FX now, which you brought to us. That's a good example of right. our partners. You know, I wasn't, we weren't even aware of FX until we met you and you right. were already, do, you were already a step ahead of us with your partners, but imagine having 140 people thinking about how can, you know, what are the things that we don't know that we're doing in best practices when you get that many people pulling in a common direction that are, that are willing to give it their all for each other, even when it's not convenient for them to do so, it's a pretty powerful model. Right. And, and we're seeing the, we're seeing the wins for our clients and our partners. That's awesome. All right. Well, and we may talk a little bit more about that, but I want to go back to the businesses you, you know, as someone who's basically started three businesses and each one, I think sounds like to me was started, not just to, because you wanted to go out and do something new, but you saw a need and you met it and they were all somewhat synergistic. You know, I think what, what sometimes uh, small business owners will do is, and I've, I've been guilty of this too, is, well, maybe I can go do this. It's totally unrelated. You know, maybe if you're Elon Musk, you can start four or five different companies that are totally unrelated. But most business owners are better off just staying focused on the thing that they're good at, right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, because you, you hit the nail. All three of those businesses support each other and benefit right. each other. 
Okay. And, and I'd love to know just from your experience, because it's not all perfect. Everything doesn't go always according to plan as a business owner. What are some of the maybe worst moments you've had or some of the things looking back, you said, man, I would have done this differently, maybe things like that. Man, there's a lot, Wade. I mean, I, I have failed way more than I've succeeded, but I've never been afraid to fail. You know, I always viewed failure as a way to learn something mm-hmm. new and to retweak it, rethink it. One of our sayings at Carson is think big, start small, scale fast, right? And I used to think big, start big. And a lot of times I'd get an enormous amount of time and resources and something, and I should have tested it. My theory, you know, how it would work. Technology is, is absolutely a must in that area. I'd say the single biggest mistake I made though, and I tell other business clients to, to not make, is hire the best people you can find. You can't overpay them. The, I know a lot of times we try to get a bargain. There's no such thing when it comes to people. Right. You know, really great people. Well, I have a client here in Omaha. He's a self-made billionaire. He didn't even start his business till his 50s. Wow. Think of that. Yeah. And that was advice he gave me. I served on a board with him and he said, Ron, get the best people you can get the heck out of their way. And he said, you know, provide leadership and growth and mentorship and understand a lot of people will do things way better than you could ever do them. And once I got out of that mentality, uh, I used to delegate and micromanage. Did do me a lot of good. I get them with them <laughs> and I'd be on top of them the whole time. And now I have a, you know, it's not advocation, but it's delegate and release, right? right. Delegate, release, let people do things the way they're going to do them. And because of that, we have a very young organization. We have, I think the average age of Carson now is in the, you know, low 40s, which is unheard of for our profession. And we're attracting people because of the culture of the mindset of being adaptable, the mindset of being willing to try new things, but more importantly, giving them the freedom to really experiment and without fear of retribution if they make a mistake. Okay, great. And it sounds like, you know, we've borrowed some of that from our own, like one of your core values is get we call it GSD, get stuff done. And it, I can tell that you guys hire and reward people that live up to your core values, the adaptability quotient, the get stuff done, you know, because, and it sticks out if something happens and that person isn't a get stuff done person, I'm like, Ron would not be happy. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> but my point is you can tell that that's important. So you, you know, you hire and fire, I'm assuming based on those core values, you can, you can tell that that's what you're doing. Yeah. And on that Wade, so any great, you know, companies go through um, cycles of reinventing themselves. I call them S curve explosions, you know, build, 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 explode, build, explode. You know, sometimes as individuals, we go through a half a dozen in our life. Some of us have none, right? It just depends on, are we set for continuous improvement and growth? And we started using an operating system called traction. Yeah. We use it too. Entrepreneur of you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you made a comment that as you get bigger, it's hard to know who is really living up to it and who's not because you're not directly involved. And we implemented EOS. It'll be three years of this November. Mm-hmm. It's been a game changer because, you know, one of the main EOS rules, two people can't own anything. There's got to right. be one owner. That's right. So it becomes very obvious that who's, who's actually pulling in the right direction and who's not rowing. Right. If, and I did a podcast with my EOS implementer. So if anybody is interested in learning more about that, you can check that podcast out. All right. So we talked about some of the stuff maybe you've learned 
what are some of the, you know, the best parts you've seen as being a business owner? What are some of the things that have just made you so excited? I love making a difference in, I call it the internal stakeholders, seeing people come in. I mean, I've had, I've had people like Carson now going on, on 25, 26, 27 years. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that, you know, they've been here. I always tell people when they start Carson, I said, yeah, I want you to think of this as a life sentence <laughs> in a positive way. I mean, I really want to provide a kind of environment. You're going to be happy every day. And I tell spouses, I'm going to send your spouse home happy. I'm asking you to send them back happy. Right. And, and so let's, this is a partnership. And by the way, I, something little that I do that I've gotten a huge uh, response from is every spouse, I find out, you know, what they like and I mm-hmm. send them things on their, their partner's anniversary or their birthday. That's a great so idea. If it's a 10 year or 11 year anniversary, I'll send flowers, wine, you know, whatever they love. And, uh, and, on, and on their birthday. And it's just a great way of recognizing the person at home that's supporting. Because I tell you what, there's, none of us are successful by ourselves. I mean, right. we have our teams, we have our, we have our spouse, we have other people. And, and that's been one of the fun things is recognizing and also sharing the rewards. I know, you know, at Carson, we have 60 some people that own equity, you know, in the firm. That's been great. I know a lot of people disagree with that with me that, you know, my dad being one of them, you know, I don't understand why you do that. It's like, this isn't mine. This is, this is ours. Right. right? I mean, you get, sometimes you get in order to get to grow, you have to be able to to let go maybe a little bit and not just hold it all into yourself. Yes. Yes. And, and I, we had a huge number of Enron clients, Wade, you're talking about rewarding. I mean, not that we knew Enron was, committing fraud. No one really did except for the people doing it. But I remember I I had a holiday um, brunch, which I had every year for my clients. And I had a guy come in. He was about 80 years old, big, big guy, check from uh, part of Nebraska. He walks in, he comes up, he gives me the biggest kiss on the lips, you know, (laughs) gives me a hug. They had everything they owned in Enron. And everybody pretty much that worked there had everything they had in Enron. And we came in and said, you know, let's make sure you diversify. I always, one of my favorite sayings, if you want to get rich, concentrate. Right. If you want to stay rich, diversify. Those are the kind of stories that, you know, you just you're like, wow, there's no question the difference that we made, you know, in somebody's life there. That's great. We've, you know, I've, we've talked a little bit about advice that you would give to business owners. Any, any, you were, I think you wrote, I know you wrote a whole book for business owners called The Sustainable Edge. So any one of the key takeaways that you just mentioned and it's on your bio is, you know, uh, to get rich, concentrate, to stay rich, diversify. Any other business owner tips that you want to pass along? I sure would. I mean, one of the main themes, and I did another book that I narrated last May called Proven in the Trenches. And I think 95% of that's applicable to any business, even right. though I, I was through the eyes of a business owner uh, or financial advisor, business owner. Yeah, I would say the notion that you either got to pick, you know, a personal family life or a business life that you can't have it all. And I totally disagree with that. I, the most successful business people and really people are those that their professional life, they love. It feeds them. So they're more, they're more there for their personal life. And when their personal life feeds them, they're there for their business life. They're a virtuous cycle and you shouldn't Mm -hmm. have to pick one over the other. 
And I think the key to that is something I talked about in another book called Avalanche on blueprinting. Live your life by design, not by default. Get to the end of your life saying, I'm glad I did, not that I wish I had. It's so often, so much of society is on this unconscious journey to arrive at death safely, meaning they just don't take any chances. They get to the end and they say, I wish I had, not that I'm glad I did. Right. And, and so there are so many great resources out there today that once you set your subconscious mind, the most powerful computer in the world to this day, and probably always will be, it can solve for things that are important to you, but you have to have written. I'm a big believer in written goals. Right. I got my paper. I got my name down. Mm -hmm. Each night for you to go to bed, the six most important things to do the next day in order priority personally. And by the way, Women, working moms are the worst at this, is they give everything so they have nothing left for themselves. And I always tell, especially working professional women, I have daughters like this. Mm -hmm. You got to be selfish to be selfless. You got to take care of you first so you can be there for everybody, everybody else. And I think as business owners, we forget that as well. It's like you don't feel guilty when you're doing something, you're working out, you're getting a massage, you're reading a bubblegum for the brain book. Those things are necessary because if it makes you feel good and start saying no, thank you to things that aren't additive to your life. My, my son now, he's 20 some years old. I'll never forget. He was about four or five years old and the doorbell rang and I happened to be walking by and a little boy comes to the door and he says, Grant, can you play? Grant goes, no, thank you. And just shuts the door. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that was really because I could never say no, thank you. I always had a thousand reasons like, oh, I'd be justified or I'd end up saying yes to something, you right. know? And I, so I just started, you serve on a board. No, thank you. Can you do this? No, thank you. I wasn't being rude. I was being polite, but I didn't feel like I had to offer some long explanation right. as to why, right. you know, I couldn't, I couldn't necessarily do something. So I would be very protective of your time and, you know, a little bit of a, you know, a Buddhist like principle, B- Buddhism doesn't believe in anything's permanent, right? Everything is temporary. And as you go through life, people coming in and out of your life, and that's okay. I mean, Jeannie and I used to go, oh, we haven't seen them in a long time. We need to go do something with them. And then pretty soon you're finding yourself hanging out and doing things. It's not really filling your bucket. And so be careful where you allocate your time, take care of you first, get clear on your vision for what you want, personal mission statement, vision, mission statement. By the way, Anybody listening to this can come through you and get our blueprinting guide. You know, there's no cost to to have that. And man, you know, all of a sudden you will see your life wherever it's at. It'll go to another level if you're not doing all those things today. And I, we talk about true wealth, Wade, all that we have that money can't buy and death can't take away. You know, that's what it's about. It's not about things. It's about love. It's about experience. It's about relationships. Right. And that obviously resonates with us, you know, we're big members of Kingdom Advisors, which is Christian Financial Planning Group. And we always, you know, obviously we personally believe there's so much more to all this than just, you know, money. It's about living out your values. It's about making a difference. It's about, you know, being a good steward of the resources we've been provided. And I know that resonates with you as well. So it really does weigh in you and our partners. Like we're all about impact. You know, th- when we're blessed with the kind of success, responsibility that we've been given, we get to have a bigger impact and not should we get to. It's a, it's a privilege that, that is really important. And we look at impact in our own community. We look at impact in the country. We look at impact in the world. Uh, you mentioned Dreamweaver. 
We provide end of life wishes terminally ill elderly. They have nothing. And there's a lot of them out there. COVID yeah, really right. hit them hard last year. Last night, Jeannie and I got back from the Dominican Republic. I mean, our corals, we have a crisis in our world to even save our corals. You know, we have, we have lost a huge percentage of the coral. Dominican is a great example of that. They've overfished tons of pollution. And if we don't reverse it, it's going to be a real problem. And so we're, we've, we're, we've been growing coral on coral farms on land down there. Um, we're growing them 50, almost 50 times faster than they grow in the ocean. And they're being stressed to withstand the rising temps of the ocean. You know, the, these are little things, but the more we're successful, the bigger impact. When I say we, you, me, and all of our partners are going to have on our society in a really beautiful way. That's awesome. Well, Ron, I think we covered almost everything. I mean, this uh, podcast is really geared to the small business owner, but you know, I've always said if you can help a small business owner with all the complexities of their life, and if the resources that you and Carson Partners and us at Chessman, part of the Carson Partners group, if we can help a business owner, then I think that would then we should be able to help almost anyone, right? All the resources that you have to help a business owner would help the retiree, would help the, the widow, things like that. Wade, here's my appeal to anybody. And I, I was on a hike the other day with one of my partners in Scottsdale. We ran into a lady who she was talking about the fact that she's a CIO of a company getting ready to go public mm-hmm. and that she wasn't sure she had an opportunity to sell some of her shares before they went public. And I'm like, you need to get a second opinion. And this is what we do. And she goes, I would love a second opinion. Um, and I like, you know what, we may look at everything. And that's what I think is great about our organization. We could look at something and go, we wouldn't change anything. So we're not asking you to change advisors, right? If you're, if you, right. if everything's being done perfectly, you shouldn't make a move. However, there's so often, there's a lot of mistakes of things that are missed, especially exit planning before you monetize a business. And boy, we can get in there and show things that are being neglected, have not been proactive, we can add a tremendous amount of value. And there's no downside to getting a second opinion. I want to after two more books that I love. Uh, I just read Outwitting the Devil. And it was written by Napoleon Hill in 1938. Oh, I remember. I've read that book. That, that's a it's good so one. good. And it only was released in 2011. And then um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill as well. Yeah. Those are the, the Napoleon Hill I've probably listened to, read 20 some times in my life. Think <laughs> uh, Outwitting the Devil twice. Uh, but really good thought-provoking information about how, to, how you think about yourself as you go through life and how you apply business principles. That's awesome. Well, Ron, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm excited about the future. Uh, I know you're constantly looking forward to the future, which is great for me. So I don't have to, I can just, you know, I don't have to do as much on my end. (laughs) And I think there's some really good information for business owners here. And um, thank you again for being with us and we'll, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for being with us. I love that. Anytime, Wade, take care. The opinions voiced in Money Night with Wade Chessman are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Monday night are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor.